You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Jonathan Larson asked, how can you make someone take off and fly in one of his songs from Tick Tick Boom? And I, for the past two years, have learned one way to do it, through the power of community. Welcome to the Latinx in Musical Theater special for season three of Backstage Talk, where we will be featuring artists from across all positions in musical theater, from several Latin American countries and different Latin heritages. I am proud to showcase my Latinx family. I hope you enjoy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Backstage Talk. Today's guest is Jaime Lozano. He is a musical theater composer that has been heralded as the next big thing on Broadway by Hamilton's Lin-Manuel Miranda. A native from Monterrey, Mexico, Jaime earned his BFA in music composition in Mexico and was the recipient of a full scholarship to New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, where he has the distinction of being the first Mexican to be accepted to and earned an MFA from the Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program. Jaime is one of the five artists selected from the 2020-2022 Joe's Pub Working Group Residency and one of the artists selected as part of the Civilians R&D Group 2020-2021. A prolific composer, Jaime's works have been produced at venues such as the Minskoff Theater on Broadway, Lincoln Center, Lucille Lartel Theater, the Pearl Theater, the Players Theater, Puerto Rican Traveling Theater, all of them off-Broadway, Goodspeed Opera House, the Juilliard School of Music, the Triad Theater, Theater for the New City, and many, many more. In addition to being a composer, Jaime is also an accomplished director, and he has staged Into the Woods, Jesus Christ Superstar, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and The Fantastics in Mexico. Jaime adapted, produced, and directed the Spanish world premiere of Jason Robert Brown's The Last Five Years and Songs for a New World. In March of 2004, he developed, produced, and directed the concert for the Broadway Elite Gala. Jaime is also known as an arranger, music director, and orchestrator. As an arranger, he has worked with the cast of Broadway's In the Heights. And he is also the arranger, our orchestrator, and music director of Revolución Latina's album, Dare to Go Beyond. Jaime 
also is one of the orchestrators for In the Heights film directed by John M. Chu, and you can see him in the film adaptation of Tick, Tick, Boom, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, as part of the iconic writer's workshop scene, among with some of the greatest composers and writers of Broadway, such as Stephen Schwartz, Jason Robert Brown, Mark Shaman, Janine Tesori, Dave Malloy, Tom Kidd, and many others. Jaime, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you here in Backstage Talk. Welcome to the show. Hola, Martín. Muchas gracias. Thanks a lot uh, for, for having me. It's my pleasure. I am super excited because you are one of the few Latin American composers that is working in New York with Broadway people, and you, your work has been used all through Latin America. I saw an adaptation of the last five years, and I am absolutely sure that they used your version here in Bogota, and I just loved it. So thank you for being here. I want to ask you, what made you choose the thespian path in life? Oh, thank you. Um, thank you for your kind words. Um, to be honest, uh, it's saying that I am one of the few like Latin ex Latine Latino artists doing musical theater like like a composer doing musical theater mm -hmm. in your city is something that doesn't doesn't make me proud I mean I I I I I would like to say that there are many more you know yeah. for there, there's a part of me that say oh yeah yeah I'm one of the few but in and and I would like to say that is something that that is good but it's not good being one of the few I mean I really I think there should be many more people like myself uh, doing this, like here in a, in the big city. Uh, but I mean, we are we are like like fighting, like trying trying to 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 open doors for other people. Uh, um, uh, unfortunately, like in the years to come, we're gonna be able to see more people like like myself, like doing and telling stories. And and my my path getting into into musical theater and telling the stories it's it's a very unique path because i started very late in life uh, mm -hmm. the, the very first time that i that i have any contact with musical theater was actually when i was 18 years old yeah i don't i don't come from a from a very artist family i mean no one in my family is an artist i'm the only one doing this Uh, so mm -hmm. when I was a child, I never had the opportunity to, to, I mean, to know what was like musical theater or to know what was, I mean, of course, like any other kid, I, I used to love music. I used to love like singing, but, but I didn't have like a, any formal um, approach to it. Uh, actually, mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I, in, in Mexico, They used to broadcast the the Jesus Christ Superstar movie, the 70s movies, and I remember that um, they used to broadcast it during uh, Semana Santa, like around uh, March, April in Mexico. And every time that I, that I used to to, I was like just like 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 passing them with a with a remote the channels. And when mm -hmm. I used to watch that movie, I remember that. It was something very boring to me. I oh, why are they all all singing? I, I used to hate the movie. I couldn't understand at that time why was these people singing in the middle of the you know of the desert. Uh, 
So uh, when I was a kid, I, I didn't understand what was musical theater. Mm-hmm. I actually was supposed to study uh, criminology in Mexico. In Mexico. No, no kidding. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's something very, 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 very different. So I actually did the test. I, I was accepted to the criminology school and I don't know what happened. I mean, the day that I was supposed to 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 enroll after mm-hmm. the test, I decided to wait. I, I decided to, to not get enrolled and I, I took a, a sabbatic and I was working during the whole year uh, without going to school. And one year later, I, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know why, just from nothing, I decided to enroll in music school. The only, the only like approach that I have to music before that was like in a short choir. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to go to a short choir when I was a teenager, like let's say from 14 to 16, 17 years old. Uh, and that's what I let. I learned to play guitar and all that. So I decided to, to study uh, music, actually opera singing. Uh, and when I was doing, uh, during the first semester, uh, I saw a post in the wall about auditions for a musical. And mm-hmm. what was my surprise when I when I went to audition for that show, uh, it was the show that you, I used to hate when I was a kid. It was Jesus Christ Superstar. So I, I mean, when I say I used to hate, it's like it's not. I, I didn't really hate it. It's not. Uh, but at that time, I, I I couldn't understand what was what was people singing. Yeah. Uh, so I auditioned for the show, and I got a um, yeah. I got in the show. I was part of the of the choir of the choir of the chorus. Uh, and that was the first, the very first time that I I have a relationship with musical theater. I I was already eighteen years old. I was studying opera singing, and the director in that show it was a guy. He was a guy who was studied um, music and musical theater uh, here in the states. So uh, immediately I became like his his assistant. And I used to spend all the day like reading books in his office. Uh, and that was the way that I started learning about musical theater. I love it. That is a very, very cool journey from starting in Mexico and then out of the blue, getting into the musical theater world. And how, or m- more like it, what is your approach to composing for musical theater? I mean, I don't think that there are um, any specific rules or any specific process because every show is is a different animal. It's a different monster. Uh, it's a different Frankenstein, I would say. So uh, <laughs> when uh, I, I think always the story is the most important thing, definitely, to have mm-hmm. a good, cohesive, interesting story. Uh being here in in New York City, being an immigrant, uh, one of my missions I consider that my mission is telling the stories of people like myself, because unfortunately we don't see those stories on stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see all kind of. It, it's funny because we see all kind of stories. Uh, there's musicals about everything, like 
it's ridiculous that the kind of subject that the something you see uh, on stage. But there's no musicals about people like like us, about immigrants, about brown people, about uh, Latinx people. So um, many years ago, the first time that I came to the states, uh, I came here because I got a full tuition scholarship to from NYU to do a master mm -hmm. program in in musical theater writing, and I remember. Uh, when I came to the States, I was walking around Times Square and I saw a flyer um, like on the street and I picked it up because the guy, the flyer looked like my brother. And they, and just because of that, I said, oh, let me see what I'm going to go to see this musical. Let me see what it's about. At that time, actually, when I got accepted, I didn't speak any English. Um, I, I'm still learning, as you can hear by my English. But at that time... Uh, I, I speak non-English at all, non-English at all. So I I went to the musical. It was an off-Broadway musical in 37th Street. And when the show started, they start like uh, to sing and to speak in Spanish and Spanglish. That show was in the Heights back in 2008. Uh, so at that, I mean, that show changed my life forever. I mean, I... I really, I mean, I I already knew because in Mexico I was writing musicals about about subjects related with my country and with myself, uh, but I didn't know that you could do that on Broadway. I mean that that mm -hmm. there was an audience for that. So since that day, I decided that 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 was my mission in life as a storyteller to tell my own stories, and the process has been always like first. To find to find a story, I mean, to find a story about uh, someone like 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 me, about my family, about immigrants, and then uh, I could say that uh, sometimes music confers, sometimes lyrics confers, sometimes they come at the same time, but they're not really rules for 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 a specific process. Uh, because also every collaboration, I collaborate with many, many uh, lyricists and book writers, mm -hmm. and every collaboration is like a different marriage. So you have different rules, you have different processes. But I would say at the end, the most important thing is that the story has to be clear and has to make the audience uh, think about what they're seeing on stage. Um, But but I really think that that the most important thing is to find a way that all the elements tell the same story. You know that the lyrics, the music, the book, then the yeah. direction, the choreography, the set, the costumes, everything needs to to be telling the same story. Yeah, absolutely. You have read my mind with the next couple of questions that I have to ask you. But before we go there, I want to know what advice would you tell a younger version of yourself? You know, I have always been a, a person that I just do things, you know, like I, I don't like to think too much about it. I just go and and do whatever I want. Uh, so I, I don't regret anything that I have done. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe it's not an advice for myself, but an advice in general, uh, because I would I I wouldn't say that I I would change anything that I have done, even I have made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but what I have learned is that you are what you do. 
So yeah. sometimes you you spend a lot of time like thinking or saying things, uh, but the reality is at the end, the only thing that matters is what you do. I'm going to say a, a very dumb example. I mean, we all get angry with people. I mean, we all sometimes, oh, I wish I, want to, I, wish I could kill you, you say to someone, but you don't mm -hmm. actually go and kill that person. I mean, maybe you say it by your, for yourself, but just saying it doesn't make you a killer. What is yeah. going to make you a killer is going, I mean, the, the act of killing someone, not, not thinking about it. Yeah. So uh, and and that happened with with bad things at this one and with with good things. I mean, you you can have the biggest dreams, but if you just if you just say it and you don't do anything about it, I mean, so nothing is going to happen. So I would say that the best thing that you could do is do things. If you mm -hmm. want to be a composer, if you want to be a writer, go and write things. It doesn't matter that you know how to do it. Eventually, you're going to learn from other people. Eventually, you're going to go to the right school or you're going to find the right teacher, the right mentor. But you shouldn't wait to find that people or that school to write. If you want to write, you're going to write no matter what. And and yeah. all people have different journeys. I mean, there's great writers that they go to the best schools and they are great writers that they don't go to any school at all. I mean, to any formal school, they go to the school of life. Yeah. And they learn from other people, you know, and, and that's okay. It, that doesn't mean because I have a, a master program in, in musical, musical theater writing that I am better than someone that doesn't have that program, that, mm -hmm. that certificate. I mean, we all have different paths. So my only advice is still today to myself and to other people is do what you want to do. Go for it. Yeah. Just keep doing things. So earlier you mentioned that back in 2008, you saw a flyer for the Off-Broadway production of In the Heights, and you found that there could be a space for both Spanglish and speaking shows in musical theater in New York. What is visibility and representation for you? Right now, I, I yeah. think, I mean, definitely it's a little bit better than before. I mean, I'm very grateful for people like Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, like Chita Rivera, Rita Moreno, Sergio Trujillo. I mean, there's a lot of people that they have done a lot for the Latinx community on Broadway and um, mm -hmm. in general in, in the United States. But I think that before, before Lin-Manuel Miranda, for example, I think we could see a little of that represent, representation on stage, but... Unfortunately, if we want representation, that doesn't mean only the stage. I mean, if we want representation, we need to see it in every single area of the industry. And that should start with producers. That should start with podcasts like this one. That should mm -hmm. start with writers, with directors, choreographers, casting directors. And we, I mean, we don't see a full change and a full representation because unfortunately there are not too many latinx producers there are not too many uh, latinx uh, casting directors you know so we are still playing the rules of a group of people that created this industry many many years ago that they don't look like us mm -hmm. so we're just trying to fit in whatever was the universe that they have created before. Uh, and I think that that we need 
to fight for that diversity coming from uh, I mean from from deep 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 bottom from the story I mean for example the stories I mean if you want a diversity a diver- diverse cast you need diverse stories I mean you need stories that can reflect and can tell stories of people like 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 us you mm-hmm. know because I mean I, I I mean I'm okay I mean they they are a lot of like a token diversity like in, in any show like Phantom of the Opera, oh, let's put a, a people of this color, of that color, uh, an actor of this color, or in Dear Evan Hansen. I, I mean, it, it's 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 okay, but at the end, we are just being like, like you know, like like, like figures put on, on, on stories told by others. Like, like, it's not really like, those are not really our stories. Mm-hmm. Of course, those are universal stories, and th- those are great, and I have a lot of re- respect for those stories and the people writing those stories. But we also need diversity on those stories, and we need to hear about people like ourselves, about our journeys, about getting to the states, about stories happening in Colombia, happening in Mexico. In that, I mean, something like, for example, Phantom of the Opera is supposed to be a story that happened uh, happens in fr- in France, or mm-hmm. the same with Les Mis. I mean, why we 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 can have a story that happened in, in Colombia or that happened in Mexico or happened in Argentina? I mean, we need to see those kind of stories also on Broadway, and um, because that 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 was going to help to have more diversity and to have a diverse cast, a diver, diverse creative team, a di- diverse pro, uh, producing team. I mean. I think we need to find that diversity in every single area and not, not only on stage. It's not about having people of different colors on stage. It's, it's more about having people from ev- everywhere as part of the team, you know, in every single area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that, as, as you were saying, to increase the visibility or Latin visibility and representation on Broadway, we have to go to not only putting performers in specific roles, but to tell those stories that aren't being told. And I just love that. Yeah. It's, and and I, I'm, I'm just talking for myself. I mean, I'm not, I don't represent all Mexicans. I don't represent every single Latinx creative or mm-hmm. every single Latinx musical theater artist. I'm just speaking for myself because for example, there are a lot of performers with Hispanic or Latinx last name here in the States that they are first or second or third generation mm-hmm. that they speak perfect English. I mean, actually English is the, their first language or their only language. And sometimes they are tired to be put in a box because their last name is sounds Hispanic, yeah, and they also want to play. They don't. They they don't want to play only Latin characters. They want to play every kind of character. They do in mm-hmm. any kind of story, and that's also valid. I mean, that's also okay. I mean, there's mm-hmm. because they have yeah. they have had other struggles. Their struggles because they are in an industry with full of white people is that these white people read this name that oh this is a funny name in Spanish so. She or he only can play a Latin stereotype character, and they are yeah. tired of that, and they want to play 
every kind of character. So they have other journey and other story that is also valid. So uh, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, let's let's tell only Latinx stories with Latinx people and or, or every everyone with a Hispanic name, last name who only can play uh, Latin characters. No, I mean, there's no black and white. I mean, there's a lot of gray in the middle. And never, I mean, and we all have our own journey. But what what I would say, I mean, a lot of people ask me, so you only want to write like Latinx stories? I mean, I can write any kind of stories. I can write mm-hmm. other Phantom or other Dira Van Hansen or Jesus Christ. Super, I mean, all kinds of stories. I can do that. But I consider that my mission right now, at least for the next five, six, seven years, is to focus on telling my own stories, the stories of my people. Maybe in 10 years, this is going to be different and I'm going to be doing another story about a gringo, whatever. I don't know. But right now, I think that my mission is to focus on these stories. And maybe there's other Latinx writer that he doesn't want to tell Latinx stories. And that's that's also okay. That's also, I mean, it's nothing bad with that. I mean, we have mm-hmm. different journeys. And uh, and and I think what, what we need is just to find a way to diversify these and, and to learn that it's okay to tell stories, you know? Doesn't matter where or who is telling those stories or writing those stories. Yeah. So what is the most important part of creating Latin characters in musical theater for you? I think the most important thing in creating any kind of character is honesty. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's Latin or not or non-Latin or... I think uh, because I think that's one of the of the main issues with people trying to tell others' stories. I'm okay with with Americans or people from other countries trying to tell or write a Latinx story. I mean, they can because they are writers. I mean, they, I mean, it's fiction. They can they can write about any kind of story they want. The problem is that sometimes those stories doesn't come from knowledge and honesty. Mm-hmm. So those stories are full of cliches and full of wrong information because they just know those characters in the surface, not really deep. Uh, so I could say the good thing about being a Latino, writing Latino characters and Latino stories is that we know a, a little bit more about those struggles and those stories. Even... <sighs> I mean, I, I'm a, very, I, I'm a, a white immigrant, Latinx, privileged writer. It's not like like I, I didn't cross the border, like crossing uh, illegal mm-hmm. through the river. Or, I mean, I ha- I came here in a plane. I was able, even it was very expensive. And I have, I have been working really hard to get my visas and my green card. I had, I have had some privilege to be where, where I am be, yeah. because of my color, because I speak a little bit English. But there's other people that they don't have this privilege. I mean, that they don't speak English at all, that they lost some of their family crossing the river, that they that their families are back in Mexico, Cuba, or other countries. And, they, and I don't know the struggle. So if I want to write about that, I need to go to that people in, in order that I can be uh, respectful and tell the story in the right way. It's not like, I, I'm yeah. not going to like just create a story by myself. Of, of course, there is going to be a lot of fiction and you're going to add details, but I need to be as respectful as possible for all the people that they have 
been a struggle and that they are struggling with these journeys. So that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that because I'm a Mexican immigrant, I know all the stories. Yeah. So absolutely. imagine if me being an immigrant, I don't know the stories from my people. So other people that doesn't come and doesn't have this journey, I mean, I mean, they don't, they don't know. And sometimes when they want to tell stories, I think what the a lot of people what what is not, what is not happening now is that there's people trying to tell our stories and just to feel you know to check boxes let's let's hire a um, consultant or let mm-hmm. they hire an assistant writer assistant this assistant that but at the end the big names are other people that they're not the one who owns those stories. So I think I, I'm I'm not against other people telling Latinx stories. I'm against other people using our stories, you know, just mm-hmm. to 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 find some uh, um, advantage, you know, to taking advantage of our stories. Why not yeah. you bring a Latinx writer? and put it at your same level and you say, okay, me, John Smith, I'm going to mm-hmm. tell this Latin X story with Martina Cunha and we both are the writers at the same level. You know, it's not like, oh, I am the writer and he's the associate, blah, blah, blah. Or he's just doing that. He's just doing the Mexican music because he knows how to write Mexican music. But, you know, no, I mean, we need, we need to be at the same level, in the same room, in the same seat, on the same table as all the other people. I'm yes. not against other people telling our stories, but they need to know and they need to learn that we want those seats and sit on the table at the same level because we can do the same and we know our stories. And at the end, your question was, what was the most important thing? And I would say again, it's honesty. I mean, those stories need to come from from the heart and from that knowledge, I mean, knowing you need to know why are you telling what, what, about those stories. I mean, you mm-hmm. you need to know about that struggle. Yes, I agree with you. So, Jaime, before we wrap up, if people want to find you on social media, work with you, um, see what you are also doing, because I know that you have an upcoming concert in Lincoln Center on April fifteenth. Um, if someone wants to work with you and find you, where can they go? Where can they contact you? Yeah, I, I'm really grateful for all these this social media and all the internet. And now, now we can find each other there in the internet. I'm in Instagram and Twitter as Jaime Lozano, J-A-I-M-E Lozano. Also in Facebook and YouTube as Jaime Lozano composer. Yes, and thank you. I'm having this this upcoming concert April 15 that I am really excited about it because it's part of the American uh, songbook series, uh, a very important series of concerts that Lincoln Center produced. And actually a few years ago, or more than a few years ago, I used to dream to be part of those series. And I can say now that I'm having my, my own concert there. And and I just think, I mean, again, my advice, uh, just do things. Look, go out there and do things, write stories, sing, dance, do whatever you want to do. Uh, reach people if you want to, I mean, 
everything is about doing things and create your networking. Uh, so just go out there and do whatever you want and keep doing it. Yes. And before we close, what are your top five favorite musical theater shows? Oh, you know, I, I it's funny because a lot of the shows that I like that I like are what, what they call flops. Uh, <laughs> so my favorite shows, I, I, I like a show that uh, Cape Man, mm-hmm. a show by uh, Paul Simon. I like the last five years, as you mentioned it before. Uh, I even did uh, the Spanish premiere in Mexico some years ago. I like, um, of course, uh, Sondheim. I, I love uh, Sunday in the Park with George. I like another show called Gospel at Colonus that it has a very, very short run of Broadway. Uh, Why should be? I think that the five show could be another Sondheim company. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jaime, thank you so much for coming over to Backstage Talk. I am honored and happy, and I cannot wait to keep seeing, listening, reading all the stuff that you are doing and all the good luck and love on your upcoming Lincoln Center concert. No, muchas gracias, Martin. Gracias por uh, helping us to amplify our voices. Uh, I, I strongly believe that if we want to, to do things, we need to work as a, as a community. And uh, we need all kinds of, of help. I mean, it's like people like you doing this kind of podcast. Uh, we need the press. We need actors. We need producers. And we need all to work together. So thank you for doing this and for helping us to tell our stories. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.